What is up, people? Welcome to our live stream. Today, we are going to be drawing rhinos, elephants, and warthogs. And if you would like to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, check out artprof.org, where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, art dares, pro development, and all of that cool stuff. All right, let's get started with the drawing. I'm so happy we're doing this, Jordan, because I spent so much time at the zoo. And it's just really satisfying <laughs> to <laughs> use these photos. I could imagine, yeah. I haven't been to the zoo in a couple of years. Um, and it was hard because like all the animals were just tough to see um, or they had their butts facing us. And so, yeah, those weren't particularly exciting all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, the rhinoceros. It was so hard to get him in a place where I could shoot his whole body because mm -hmm. that's something I really try to do is to not crop the images. Mm -hmm. So that way you can see the whole thing. If you want to draw a part of it, that's fine. And I waited all freaking day for them <laughs> to stand in the right spot. Oh no. I feel bad for them a lot of times. <laughs> Just well, the problem with the rhinos is that they're really slow. You know how there's some animals, they'll change position pretty fast, and it's like a monkey will move around. Mm -hmm. The rhinos were like not moving. It was hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could see that being a problem. Yeah, yeah it was a pain in the butt. Well, I'm so happy that Sletnir is starting us out by saying, I want to draw only part of the elephant. I guess I'll truncate it. <laughs> How do you come up with these so quickly? I don't understand. Like, did you see the stream tile beforehand and come up with a list? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> do it. I think Sletnir is gifted when it comes to puns. Just a lyricist at heart, I guess. It's funny to me, Jordan, you were telling me before that you find animals harder to draw. I think they're much easier than humans because people don't bother you about, oh, it doesn't look like this and the nose is two inches too high. Uh, I think, well, I think it probably has to do with I've taken figure drawing classes way more than I've done like any sort of animal gesture drawing. Um, and I also think because I don't know, I think with, with human anatomy, it's all the same, pretty much. I mean, you have differences between um, men, and men and women physically, obviously, but there's like an elephant versus a monkey versus a tiger are very different, <laughs> you know? That's so true. Like, trying to learn all that stuff, um, if you don't know it on, on the fly, that's where I think the challenge comes in usually. But I feel like if I make a wonky looking elephant, People are not remotely as judgmental. Yeah, I would hope that's the case because my elephant looks kind of wonky right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have only been working on it for what three minutes? <laughs> yes, maybe two and a half. <laughs> There's your excuse. <laughs> Yesterday, I went to this historic farm in Utah that I've been dying to go to, I saw the cutest billy goat. It was it was like a little doll, like running around with like the scrappy hair. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard. Oh, wow. Animals are great. 
the, those are some of the best videos on the internet. It's just animals doing stuff. I never thought I would be one of those people that watches animal videos, and I totally am now. It's oh, yeah. so stupid and addictive. <laughs> <laughs> I just I got caught this comment by Wandering Butts, which says, "Don't worry, we are judging your elephant, Jordan." I don't know if that makes you feel more comfortable. Um, I got to be honest, like, <laughs> don't worry, we're judging you. I don't know, maybe there's a typo there, but uh, I, I'm a little more concerned. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when you've drawn live as much as our staff has, you, you sort of have to just throw that out the window. Like, I just don't even think about it anymore. Maybe that's the advantage of drawing live so much. It just stuff doesn't bother you if you're somebody who has never drawn live. Oh, totally. Totally. I still, I, I know I've told the story on live before and on my, my YouTube channel, but there was one student I remember who was doing a figure drawing for the very first time. And he did not draw a thing in three hours. Didn't even try because he was like, oh, they're, they're moving so fast. I'm like, these are like five minute poses, yo. Like, come on, like get a line down. And he was just so intimidated by his own lack of skill that it just kind of made it difficult for him. Well, that's why actually, you remember this, when I taught freshman drawing, I started people off drawing with crayon, which you can't erase. And it makes the students insane because yeah. they are so used to being reliant on the eraser to take care of things. And when you take that away, it profoundly changes the way you draw. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I, I do my best to not erase just in general. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it just yet. But I, I use um, like prism colors sometimes that don't erase or if anything, it's just because I straight up messed up with the overlap. Like I was doing something on TikTok the other day and I the belt was overlapping the leg and I was like, no, 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 I need the leg overlapping the belt. Just like something really small like that. So, <laughs> yeah. We have a question from Blue Wolf. How did you sketch the first part so light? It seemed like you somehow got less water, it was less juicy. Did you tap it first on test paper? Good question. I actually do always have a test sheet of paper because when you look at your brush, you've no idea what color is in here. So if I'm not sure, I just take the color and I just do this. And then I know before I put it onto the drawing about how dark it is. But then the other thing I did in advance, and I can send a link to people later, which is I pre-mix all my gradients in order. So this is straight black. This is like medium gray. And then this color is barely even there. And you can see from here, I fixed them. So when I first did it, these two values, they were too similar. So I went in and I made it a little darker. I did it again, but then these two were too similar. So I adjusted. And then finally, this is the final one that has just about the right difference in gradients. I do have a video where I demo that, and I can show that to you later in the Discord. But yeah, ink wash, I can't believe people don't pre-mix because it's really hard to just randomly dunk your <laughs> brush into whatever and, and not really know what the value is going to be like. Yeah, it sounds dangerous. <laughs> it 
it is. It's not I, fun. Yeah. I, I would always premix when I was doing watercolor. Um, just it, You just can't get around that, in my opinion. Unless you want your work to suffer, in which case go right ahead. But I didn't want that. <laughs> I don't need any more suffering in my life than what is absolutely necessary. <laughs> I feel it. I feel that. Ooh, Wander and Kathy, my first time catching a live stream. Thank you for all the information you put out on ArtProf. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for joining us because we have people who have been following us for, I can't believe it, years. But it's so fun when a new person joins and says hello, because I know a lot of people are very afraid to do that. It's intimidating to mm-hmm. join a new community. I don't know why that is, but it is, I don't know, maybe it's just fear of rejection or worry people are going to be mean. I think it's sort of like how, like, let's say you're invited to like a friend's birthday party or something, and you only know two people there and 95, there's like 20 other people you just have never seen before. I think it's probably the same kind of fear that, you know, like you said, that people are going to be mean, that you're not wanted or you're taking up space or something like that. And usually it's, very common, but also somewhat irrational in some sense. So, so you're always welcome. Anyone here is always welcome. Plus, we're not that mean, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're that we're rather kind. But I do think it is intimidating when it's oh, I've watched this person online and I know their stuff, but to actually talk to them mm-hmm. directly, I can see that being intimidating. Yeah. Actually, Jordan, you know it's the worst. So yeah, a party stinks when you're stuck there. But have you ever been trapped at a wedding <laughs> with like one person you know and the wedding is lasting like three hours? That is bad. Uh, actually, yes, I have been to a couple of those and uh, they're not particularly fun. That's when you hope the DJ's at least good at his job. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that moment right there. Um, last time I was at a wedding, he was good at his job. We were playing all the hits, but still, it uh, can be uncomfortable. But see, you have the advantage of being a good dancer. I am not a good dancer. <laughs> well, to be fair, I usually don't dance. I kind of, I think what it was, I had all this pent-up COVID rage, and I was like, I need to get it out. And uh, and I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it because I usually hate those types of settings, but. Um, I was like, you know what? No one here knows me. I'm in a different state. I'm just going to go for it. And it turned out okay. It turned That's out awesome. all right. <laughs> all right. So I bet you anything, everybody here has some wedding story about some wedding you went to that was notable. So my notable wedding was, had these, actually, it was my husband's friends. And they had this wedding. It was in the Utah mountains, which is fine. But these Utah mountains were so far. First of all, I think it was like seven hours from Salt Lake City. It was a bus ride. And then once we got there, there was nothing for at least an hour. Like not a single store, restaurant, nothing. Okay. 
and we get there and it's one of those like resort weddings, you know, when they bring you out there for four days and it just never ends. And we're there and the couple, they're vegan and that's fine. I, I don't mind that. Okay. That's fine. But they didn't, tell, <laughs> they didn't tell anybody that there were no other food options and that they were only going to provide vegan food for all four days. I was like, I don't think that's very nice. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna hate my wedding when you're invited. <laughs> well, but okay, just don't have your wedding where there are no food options anywhere for four days. <laughs> to be fair, it'll probably only last a couple of hours, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if it just lasts a couple of hours and I can go back to my life, fine. But this is four straight days of vegan food trapped in the mountains. That was not fun. Well. I assume it's because it wasn't good that you're that you're upset about it. Was it was it good? What kind of food was it? It was not good. They had these peanut butter cookies that tasted like rocks. Yeah, you just had <laughs> some bad some bad cooks. They, I I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm vegan, obviously, but there's some food that is so good that even my aunt, who's been eating meat for like sixty plus years, seventy plus years, is like, dang, this is good. <laughs> oh, so, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just these people did not provide that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. I want to give a shout out to Ariel, who says, thank you so much for being awesome. Well, we are so happy to get your support, Ariel. I liked it there. It was cool. So Christy's asking, can you talk a little bit about that bamboo pen? Yeah, this is the bamboo pen. And there are other ones you can get. This one only has it on one end, but I do have this one, which is double-ended like this. And really what's fun about these pens is that, here, I'll do it with black so you can see better. The line is not consistent. So you can see from these strokes, sometimes it's darker, sometimes it's lighter, but I like the unpredictability of it. It gives your drawing, I guess, a broader range of marks, it, assuming that's what you want. I mean, not everybody wants that quality in their work, but I like using it with the ink wash because the ink wash is good. And I guess in theory, I could get some details with it, but it's nice to do it over the ink wash. So I did this ink wash base and now I'm putting some of the bamboo pen on top. It's super fun. If you haven't used one before, I highly recommend it. So Jordan, what is your wedding story? You must have one. Wedding story? Um... Yeah, some dumb thing that happened at a wedding. <laughs> um hmm. really you must not have been to a lot of weddings <laughs> i haven't been to a lot. here's the thing like whenever i'm at a wedding usually so 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 my friends getting married um that's only happened in the last couple of years and they're always about my age um right or I, and i can't like oh, i'm sorry i usually miss them because of whatever situation uh then there's like family and stuff um, there have been some like interesting things. Like I just remember one cousin, uh, he was getting married and he was, 
it was it was really bizarre to me because he was just like sweating profusely like at the altar but he had already had oh. a three-year-old with the woman he was marrying and so i just thought it was really funny <laughs> like just kind of watching him like you guys live together you have a house together you have a child together and all this stuff and you're like sweating a ton like it was just a very funny thing to me um um one time i was i oh one time i embarrassed myself um yeah, I, I showed how young I was because I went to a wedding, um, and uh, they were playing, and they're playing Selena, and this person next to me, she's like, "Oh, I love Selena," and I was like, "Oh, like Selena Gomez," <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea. She's like, "How old are you?" <laughs> and I was like, "26," and and you know, I think at that point just registered to her like, because I think I was born the same year Selena died. And so I think uh, she went over my head completely like, because I don't know her music, but I know who she is. And um, yeah, that happened before. That was funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have too many of those. Not too many. Hopefully next time I will. I think in about three years, you're going to start going to four weddings a year. Oh man, that's gonna be interesting. I went to a lot of bar mitzvahs growing up, though. I did, I did, did have a lot of those. Oh, I went to so many because the community I grew up in was had a huge Jewish community, and I, those were lavish yeah. events. Did I, did I ever tell the story about how I met Magic Johnson at a bar mitzvah? Well, you got to tell it now because some <laughs> people probably haven't heard it. I um, so I went to school with a, a lot of very prominent young people and uh, their parents were like actors actresses people who signed on you know big name acts that we all know and my classmate his dad is the person who signed on magic johnson and so i'm at the bar mitzvah i'm 12 years old and i'm in a line for the in and out truck that they have and i look up and i see this really tall black guy <laughs> and there's only like four black people in the environment and so i'm just like i know you but who are you? Like, I know I recognize your face. Oh, <laughs> and he and everything. I was like, who is that? And my dad came up to me. He's like, George, did you see Magic Johnson's here? And I was like, oh, snap. That was Magic Johnson. <laughs> and so, um, and then I was, went off and I played and did all the stuff that I did as a 12-year-old. My dad talked to him the whole time. I got a picture with him. Ah. I got a signature. I don't know where this, I don't know where the autograph is though anymore. It's been years since I've seen it, but it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that. Well, my mother-in-law, the bread fairy, she once had Bobby McFerrin at her house for dinner. What? I know. <laughs> That's cool. It's so random, but that's really cool. Well, because he was a visiting artist at the university and um, they were hosting this dinner and Bobby McFerrin was there. Wow. I want to give a shout out to Sentient Charcoal, who says, so grateful for the Art Prof community. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for your support. We need your support because all that equipment, <laughs> it keeps breaking or we keep needing to upgrade and oh my God, it never ends. Yeah, there's, there's you know, <laughs> I was having this conversation with my mom the other day and um, 
because I'm dealing with a car issue right now. And I was like, you know, mom, I finally understand what it meant when you said, it's always something, you know, like, <laughs> and something broke or there was something wrong. I was like, and I was just letting her know. She's like, this is not the right time. <laughs> like, I'm starting to get it now. So he just reminded me of that when you, when you mentioned that. Your mom is so, so right about that. It gets even worse when you have a house because the saying is the house owns you. <laughs> mm. I've never heard that one, but that's sad. Right there. It's scary. Okay, so Lollipop Strawberry says, can you go over the equipment that you were using? Well, I'm having, mostly I have Sumi brushes. And I like these better than watercolor brushes because they're fuller and more flexible. I have the bamboo pens, the ink I'm using. It's just boring Higgins ink. Sorry, Higgins. It's good. It gets the job done. It's great. And then this is a watercolor block, which is sealed on all four sides. So that way when I paint on it, it will buckle. But then when it dries, I can take it off the block and it will still be nice and flat. So watercolor block, I think, is really worth the money. I know they're more expensive, but they're so handy for that reason. And then, of course, I have the ink jars that I showed everybody earlier. And it's, it's pretty low maintenance. It's nice. Yeah. Margaret says, besides the shapes and proportions in various species, perhaps the toughest thing drawing animals that ring true is where the joints are, which direction flexion they fold, gates, new bridge helps. Well, Jordan, you have a smart way of dealing with that. Can you tell everybody what you look up when you're drawing animals? Yeah, so admittedly, I didn't have time to do it today, but usually what I will do is I will go online and I will find a, a reference of the bones and the muscles of that particular animal, and then I'll draw from the reference. So I'll just compare it and I'll say, and I'll look and I'll be like, what is this lump right here? I'll be like, oh, that's their such and such muscle. That's this bone. And, you know, it just helps me kind of memorize things. And I did the same thing when I was learning human anatomy, where I would take drawings of the muscles and the um, bones and I would compare them to drawings of like basketball players with their shirt, with their sleeveless arms, you know? and learn how to draw it that way. And I just did it a bunch of times. I feel so dumb that I never did that with animals. Like, why did that never occur to me? <laughs> it's such a simple concept. I, mm -hmm. I just know I'm not smart enough to know all the animals. And I, I feel like I learn a different animal. Like every time we, uh, we do an animal drawing stream, because like, especially from you and Lauren, you two <laughs> teach me a new animal. Like, what was that one like a copybara that I never copybara? <laughs> yeah, copybara. Yeah, see, I, I got it wrong again. I kept calling it a chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is this? <laughs> They're basically giant guinea pigs. That's yeah, hilarious. see, yeah, I never seen them before. Never seen them. By the way, I'm drawing a warthog now, and I gotta say, he looks nothing like Pumbaa. Like who? Pumbaa. Who's that? Never seen The Lion King? Well, yeah, but it's been a while. Oh my gosh, Timon and Pumbaa? You don't remember Pumbaa? He was the giant warthog who was singing okay. Hakuna Matata? I was so young when that movie came out. Like, I do not it's remember It's like the anything. highest gross, grossing 2D anime movie ever. Okay, hold on. 
Hold on. No, but I. Oh, jeez. Um. You're so disappointed in me, Jordan. <laughs> I'm, I have to pause my drawing for a second because it is. <laughs> this is just scandalous to you. It's it's not right. It's right. I'm sorry, I'm not drawing well, back. <laughs> you should be very proud of me that I watched all of Avatar because of you. Yeah, I'm very proud. I'm very proud. See, I knew it. And admittedly, everyone on the staff also likes Avatar, but I think I was just the one who pushed you further. <laughs> exactly. This this guy, Claire, you remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I remember now. <laughs> Thank you. That's Pumbaa. There he yeah. Doesn't he's he's cuter than the one I'm drawing now, I gotta say. <laughs> oh my gosh, like these war they're weird looking. What's up with the hair on the back? Yeah, it's like a strange mohawk thing. It's really funny. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then all the random fur all over the place. It's such a weird animal. I feel like this is like what a teenager would look like in a warthog <laughs> version. You know, just like the wild mullet weird haircut thing. Yeah, he looks like he has a mullet. Like what? <laughs> so spring roll in the call says, where can you find anatomically accurate bone and muscle references? I'm going to assume you're talking about animals. Nicole, are there any particular sites, Jordan, that you have found helpful? Google. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, that's literally what I do. Because <laughs> um, like, it's very easy to find medical drawings of, of these animals. And you know, some of them are better quality. You know, Some of them might have a better might fit your preference more of how it's drawn or something, but I just use Google and, um, you know, Pinterest or something, and that's been fine for me. I don't think I made him plump enough. Oh, he's got a big belly. Amanda so says, I'd love to see y'all draw pangolins. I love, I don't even know what that is. Do you know what a pangolin is out, Jordan? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to look it up on my phone real quick, though. Curious. Thank you, Amanda, for the super chat. Keep those super chats coming, everybody, because... I'll show you the chart later, but our Patreon majorly went down and our budget is small enough that if we go down even $200 a month, that that's a hit for us. That's how much we need those donations. So keep them coming. It does not have to be a large amount to be helpful. This is, this is a pangolin. What? is that <laughs> uh, it's That's a creature i didn't know existed no i didn't either it's so bizarre do they have these at your local zoo i don't think so i didn't see anything like that when i was there it's... yeah i don't even know it this is so bizarre it's like an armadillo lizard strange combo 
mixed in. <laughs> I just feel like real life animals are so weird looking. They're bizarre. Yeah. Like, how is this thing even real? I, I do not know. I do not know. Did you know that, um, I, I forgot what, I think I was reading The Guardian one time. Did you know that they found fossils of five-foot penguins in Antarctica? No, that sounds crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine a giant penguin? <laughs> <laughs> just, you're just walking around. That sounds amazing. It's taller than your kids. Like... <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. Thank you, RB Dick. We so appreciate your support. Oh, oh, oh Leslie. Okay, good. We found a reason to talk about Benedict Cumberbatch. Is Benedict Cumberbatch's way of saying penguin. So this is whole clip on him on the Graham Norton show. So apparently he narrated some penguin documentary and he cannot say penguins. He says like penguins. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like Oh really? Yeah, he botched it like so bad. It is like really producers, you didn't bother to correct him. <laughs> that is funny. Did, it was it his accent or he just couldn't actually say No, word? he just couldn't say it. And he says it awkwardly at least twice during this documentary. So you know it wasn't just a one-time thing. That is funny. Yeah, that, that was very impressive. <laughs> Since we oh went God, on the Marvel what? thing, you, you know what one of my favorite what? things is? I saw a quote from Holland, who obviously plays Spider-Man, and he was talking about the hardest word for him to say in an American accent, and he said Spider-Man is the hardest word for him to say. Yay! <laughs> it was very he, inconvenient. Yeah, he's like, he wants to say Spider-Man, you know, or however you say it. Uh, <laughs> but he, he just struggles with it. I have to say, he does such a good American accent. I had no idea he was British. Yeah, him, Andrew Garfield, Millie Bobby Brown, and Daniel Ezra. They're all British actors who do American accents way better than a lot of Americans do. <laughs> oh, I know. I don't know how they do such a good job. It's incredible. Yeah, I will. I will say there was one time on Stranger Things from Millie Bobby Brown, her 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 British kind of came out of her a little bit, or accent, mm. where she said "aghast" instead of "aghast." <laughs> but I'm like, she's like 11 years old or 12 years old, so I'm like, I'm convinced otherwise. But you're, you know, that was one slip up I noticed. I mean, I think all the kid actors on that show stranger things they're really good kid actors a lot of kid actors are not good and they are so believable like they just did such a great job yeah well they're not kids anymore the youngest of them is 18 now so oh i know they're so old now yeah. it must be so weird to grow up on camera you know you know it's funny you say that i read do you know who cole sprouse is no he's he was an actor on disney uh, he had a show with his brother called Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. He has a twin brother. And then he's also mm -hmm. on a show called Riverdale. But now he's like almost 30 years old. But he said that childhood fame is like a trauma. Oh, I bet. Yeah. How could it not be? Yeah. Like that was, that was really sad. And then I think Allison Stoner, who's also a child actress on Disney, 
she said something like, we pretend like we're normal kids, like when we're filming scenes like prom and stuff, but we don't know. <laughs> like these are our experiences. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is something. That is really wild. Well, I've read stuff about child actors who had to do an on-screen kiss and hadn't had their own real first kiss in their lives. Like, I think that's so awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it's awkward. Definitely. <laughs> I can imagine. Katie Wu says, I'm not an artist, but I love the live shows. Well, Katie, that's one of the biggest compliments, I think, when people who are not practicing artists still enjoy what we have to say. I love that. Thank you for watching. So Weeping Dog says, any helpful tips that help with improving on shadows and shading I'm doing decently on details now. I think you got to get the big simple stuff in like this. You'll notice I did these big shapes in advance. And then what you can do like this gray to this white of the page, that's too harsh. And so once you have the darkest dark and then the white, then you can figure out the transition. I think a lot of people, they think, oh, I need to gradually get in there. I'm like, no, just stick down one tone, have it next to the other, and then bridge them together. That's what I try to do. Yeah, I think really a lot of it also just comes down to knowing form and just understanding, you know, if light's coming this way, shadow's going to be on this side. Or if light's coming from the top, it's going to be on the bottom. And being able to figure that out and how to treat it even if there's multiple light sources, thankfully with these references, it's the sun that's lighting it. So it's just one, yeah. <laughs> very simple. But um, yeah, that that's really kind of the key. I think it's just learning where that is and following the science. Well, lighting is hard. Like not a lot of people I think have had the training to be able to identify, okay, what's a cast shadow? What's natural lighting? What is artificial light? What are the differences? It's actually, fairly complicated, even though it seems like it should be simple. It really is not. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's whole books in my shelf just on the topic of lighting. And, like, it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle, especially if you're not used to it. Um, but the good thing is, like, we've seen it all throughout our lives, and I think we um, – can recognize it. I think we just don't know how to articulate it because we've never really thought about it. So when you learn that information, it becomes more like, oh, that's why this is like this. Yeah. You know? Well, I think the thing is you can know what it looks like, but having to really sit down and break down, okay, why is it like that? And what should I be looking for? I mean, it's like human anatomy. It's like, how do you know which bone is gonna help you more than another one right i was um there's a kevin hart joke where he talks about like how he gets irritated when his kids ask him questions sometimes because he can't answer them and he was like talking to his daughter and she was like daddy why is the sky blue and he would answer it and then it's like daddy why is this the and he said hold on a second let me just program this number in in, in my phone and she's like what's program and he's like well <laughs> <laughs> And he just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You need to program your butt behind, butt down before, <laughs> before I give you something. I was like, what in the world? 
Well, I think the worst thing though, the questions that kids ask, cause they ask you anything is <laughs> my kid came home once, mommy, what's prejudice? I'm like, oh man, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't even know where to begin with that one. I wouldn't. Actually, my favorite thing that one of my kids ever said to me, I just thought this was so poetic. She said, does the rain make the moon wet? I just, <laughs> it's so cute. That is a great question, though. It is a great question. I love that. She was thinking about things that way. I just think that's brilliant. I have a friend who um, who promised that he would never not answer a question truthfully if his child asked him. Like if he or mm -hmm. she is mature enough to ask, then they're mature enough to know the answer. And so I think his five-year-old son asked where babies come from. Yeah. And he told him straight up. And his wife was so mad at him for that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I guess trying to protect the innocence and, and all that was so like, all right, you should know. <laughs> you know how I got around that once because my kid was like two and said, how does your body decide to make a baby? And I said, oh, your body doesn't decide. You decide. She was like, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> <She was> like, <laughs> like if I think about it hard, if I meditate on it baby's just gonna come out <laughs> yes she, she was satisfied like that was enough information in that moment for her that is awesome i hope i remember that if the question ever comes up in that format so wander wondering kathy says interesting for me watching prof Lu's style sketching going straight to shadow and texture instead of starting with lines well see i'm the opposite of jordan i am not good at lines and for me i find it easier to start with this base of <clears throat> big shapes and shading and it just gives me a certain amount of bulk to start with well i mean why do you like lines so much jordan <laughs> Uh, I think, to be honest, a lot of it has to do with my influence of animation, and uh, pretty much everything is done with line, and that to me just excites me. And I also, um, I noticed that for me personally, when I would focus too much on tone and, and value, that the drawing would sometimes not be as strong. Um, and I've seen it in some of my classmates too, and, um, and when you told them to do any sort of line, it would just never working so it is a very backwards uh thinking between you and i <laughs> it's polar opposites but um yeah yeah i just i just prefer the look overall and it's well, but that makes sense because your artwork really is about concept art and animation and i i didn't i mean i watched plenty of cartoons for sure but i never studied that stuff from an artist's point of view. So I guess that makes sense. And, and also like as a concept artist, it's just faster to do it with line. Usually, yeah. you know, especially if you're using a pencil, if you're using like a, like an inkbrush or something like that, then, you know, things change. But if it's just pencil, you like, you want to be fast. <laughs> then line is the easiest way to get those results. Well, I mean, for me, I grew up looking at paintings and drawings and, and those are all 
shading techniques. Mm. Yeah, I would get tuning books. That was my gift. Oh, I like this comment from Christy, who says expression for animals is in its body language rather than facial expression. Yeah, that's so true. More often than not, I mean, if you're drawing a orangutan, <laughs> they've got great facial expressions. But, but yeah, well, the warthog doesn't have a lot of flexibility, does he? Yeah, you know, that's actually something um, that I think probably was recognized by like Disney artists early on because what they would do after a certain point, like when they started doing Bambi and Lion King and, you know, I think even Jungle Book, they would bring in those animals and all the artists would have to do gesture drawing with them there. They would have bring in trainers and stuff and be like, okay, Lion, you sit for five minutes doing this and everyone would just sit there and just draw it. And that's how they got really good at doing stuff for the films. Why did they not do that at art school? They totally could have brought in animals. Uh, probably a liability issue. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I feel I like know. they could have gotten around that. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like there would be some kid who's just like, I'm allergic to lions, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I, I just imagine that happening. Um, I would have loved it. I would have been like, this is so cool. But. Like, I remember we went Why did we never have field trips to the zoo, you know? That I don't know. Um, I do not know. Well, here's a good comment from Janet asks, I think oftentimes when I try to draw realistically according to photos, I lose the personality and emotion. Sometimes my drawings kind of just look dead. <laughs> well, why do you think sometimes that that is not very expressive to say, oh, I'm going to draw this warthog as realistically as possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, so first of all, I, I always will advocate drawing from life. Um, I think with photo, there's the obvious convenience factor. I don't even know where I would go to find a rhino to like <laughs> and draw him, you know, like other than the zoo. But if he does, you know, like you said, boring poses, then there's not a whole lot I can do. So I think there just needs to be balance and um and figure out how to switch off from life and photo um and i also think that's where you start to get more creative in figuring out things like line of action and you know gesture and how to be more loose and expressive because there's a way to do it i think it's just about cracking the code a lot of the time well <clears throat> i have found in general if i'm drawing the figure or whatever if i try to portray it to be correct or accurate it's never enough it always for me at least it always feels a little bit <clears throat> lukewarm and so usually what i do when i'm drawing the figure or an animal i overdo the gesture so if the gesture is a twist i'll twist it more than i think is accurate and then usually that's just about right yeah yeah there, there's some poses like if i just draw this on the side there's usually a pose that, you know, the person in real life is, you know, maybe doing something like this or just stretching out, you know, really, really far and everything is, you know, exaggerated. And then the drawing will end up looking something like this. You know, like they'll just, 
there's something there's just a minimiz, minimalization <laughs> of the whole approach yeah. for some reason and you know moving past that i think uh can be a challenge for a lot of beginner artists it's necessary you gotta do it well and i also think the drawings i like they're they're not drawings that are accurate Look at a Durer image. I mean, he messed with stuff. People say, oh, it's so realistic. I'm like, no, it's not. He drew all these wonky rabbits and stuff. And I think that's <laughs> why we like them, because they are wonky. It's about the interpretation. Too. That's what I mean. I mean, that's why I didn't see it, but I suspect that's why the new, the most recent Lion King animation was not interesting. It just looked too real. Yeah, I didn't see it either, and I was told by several people, like, oh, it was so good, but I'm like, yeah, but mm -hmm. I doubt they're going to give me that scene of be prepared with the green smoke popping up, popping up and, you, you know, doing all that stuff. Like, I just don't care to see it. And it's funny because people no. call it, like, live-action Lion King, but it's really all just CGI. <laughs> like, none of that is real either. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just it does have a dead kind of feel to it. Actually, all the Disney remakes are kind of like that, though. I know. <laughs> like, even, uh, oh, is it okay to bring up Will Smith in the, in the stream? Oh, God. Well, it's the end of the stream, so we can't have a three-hour panel. I was just going to say, I saw the live-action Aladdin, and then I compared it to the original animated genie. Yeah. The animated genie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I hope you will join us in the Art Prof Discord Right after the stream, we will be in post live streams to chat about anything else you want to talk about. And I have to really say thank you to these top Patreon supporters because so many of you have really stuck with us long term. And that is hugely important because, Jordan, we went down so much this week. In the, we lost $174. I, I I'm okay. So like when we go down fifty dollars, it's not great. I'm not happy. But 174. This is the biggest dip we have had in a really long time. And in the fall raffle, we were at four thousand. We've dropped three hundred fifty dollars since then. And like I said, for us losing three fifty a month, that's a hit for us. That's not good. So that's why. For those of you on Patreon who have stuck with us for a long period, oh my gosh, you have been so important to us. And we are so grateful for that. And I I just, I'm just extra sad. Like $174 going down is a lot. And I'm just really frustrated because I'm like, I know we have a really strong community and I'm excited for that. But it's like the financial part just isn't working very well right now. So if anybody can help us, that would be helpful. Yeah, see, control people just cancel. Like I'll have people who will pledge for a month or two and then they'll cancel or people who will pledge at a high tier and then they'll cancel. And it's just, oh my God, it's so hard. It just, it sort of messes with my head. So if anybody here can pledge on Patreon, make a one-time donation, anything you can do, because I, I'm a little stressed about that. So anyway, thank you so much for watching. We will see you next time. Bye.